0: No way! No way! Hmm 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 Lee Gregory. Lee Gregory. No no Lee Gregory. Lee Gregory. Lee Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: To different gravy, not just another Sheffer Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host. Well, what's back? Back again? Back in the saddle? Back in the USSR? Back in black? Etc. 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 Other things to do with being back. Well, it's it's football, it's fans, and it's Doctor Luke Gledor How are you doing today, Luke? I'm back, baby. Woo!
0: Boom! Yes, I'm back. back. With just like all those other things. It's almost like I never went away. Oh. It's almost you've like we carried got on. It,
1: it never left you.
0: It never left, yeah. It's almost like we just carried on doing the podcast during the summer to get to hundred episodes. <laughs> we had a little break and then we kept doing some more.
1: That's almost what it's like, but it's not, not what happened at all.
0: No. Lies, lies, damn statistics. Yes. Uh <laughs> other than that, was... I'm pretty good. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh I don't remember the Lord Mayor's show happening, but today's game kind of had a feeling of after the Lord Mayor's show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've both...
0: (laughs) I feel we're not doing very well as a Sheffield Wednesday podcast if we both missed the Lord Mayor's show for Sheffield Wednesday.
1: (laughs) Or maybe like pre-Lord Mayor's show is really rubbish as well, but nobody talks about it because it is so bad. Hmm. Do you think that's possible.
0: That's that's true. That could be possible as well. Yeah. Um,
1: but the I mean the really what we've got to get on to there's like been it's been another ginormous week in the world of Wednesday. So I think mm. without further ado, we've really got to make things official. Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. And we could debate forever where to start with this, but I think Let's just get the old wellies on and jump knee-deep in these new signings, Luke. Oh. <clears throat> so first off, your fellow countryman or adopted countryman, Theo Cobino.
0: We've had a great week for, for Canada Canadian footer, Canadian soccer, mm. um, thanks to the Canadian women winning the gold, winning the gold medal at the Olympics. Yeah.
1: and in women's football, they actually care about Olympics. Like, they do. They mean something.
0: They do. <laughs> Surely we have enough prominent kind of great British players that are not picked for their respective country to to fart fart after Tokyo to, to play a tournament. Uh,
1: there's a few factors. So first off, FIFA have always been a bit grabby about the fact that all of the <laughs> different countries, home nations have their own FAs and their own votes. Uh, they would like to treat Britain as a group so any opportunity to show that they are individual nations like the olympics not like not taking part in the olympics um they they take those opportunities to home nations so they did it for 2012 as a special effort but i believe that's the only time we've had a british team take part right but also olympic football is stupid and nobody cares about it so it doesn't matter
0: okay well in that case let's uh (laughs) let's just say that have a nice canadian tinge on the world, so, of, the world but, of football, but also the world of football for Sheffield Wednesday, as we've got our second ever Canadian player, mm. one who actually is actually probably the only person to actually elect to be a full Canadian international, because Caelan Lavery did that typical kind of turncoat. Oh, thing yes. A lot of Canadian players do. that. they're like, no, I'm going to play for my grandparents or my parents' country. Yes. So that's what he did. And look at you now, Caelan.
1: <laughs> what a fine career he had as a northern irish international
0: yeah i went to red deer they took down the statue of you doing the flappy bird celebration <laughs> after after your two goals in that in that win against was it leeds it was leeds it was leeds wasn't it you bagged yeah. twice and bagged twice in the six nil did Which he also purely, purely the childhood? most thing of any prominence i think anyone from red deer has ever done so like <laughs> i can see why they they um you know the local, the local city council got that commissioned of him, and this was such big Canadian news, listeners. That Richard Miller celebrated the only way anyone could by going to the Tim Hortons in Chester. Didn't you, Rich?
1: Yes, newly opened. They're trying to take over the world. Um, those, those, those Tim Hortons folks. So yeah, we've got we're we're proud possessors of our very Tim Hortons here in Chichester. Ch-
0: Awesome, and then I thought it would be really apt to be the only Canadian Sheffield Wednesday podcaster to speak on via Cabana. Oh no, wait, actually, Rich, sorry, I've I've forgotten. There are four other Canadian Sheffield Wednesday podcasts that are have better listenership than us. Oh no, sorry, classic, classic faux pas.
1: You always forget those other three.
0: <laughs> I do, or I do, often, all the time, all the time. And anyway, my Canadian um basis on this is to say he sounds very promising from what i've heard
1: yeah and i think um there was a, i i haven't seen a full kind of transcript or anything of that nature of it but um i uh, th- there was also the 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 sort of evening with darren moore which uh he, you know he seems to have endeared himself to those who attended darren moore which is uh not a surprise to hear um but he was singing his praises as well, saying he's a very tricky uh, player who can play both wings and is sort of equally good with both feet. So he kind of, he's quite hard to defend against because he can, he can go inside on, on either flank and uh, and actually produce shots and, and and efforts of that regard. So yeah, sounds sounds hopeful, sounds promising. I just had to look at, I've been squirreling away on a soccer base because I did vaguely remember Lavery scoring against Charlton, and he did eleventh of April two thousand and fifteen. Um, mm. So I just had this, you know, like something—just some synapses fired off, some connections were made deep in the recesses of this old brain of mine. Mm-hmm. I just, I just had to check that I was okay. Um, and it, yeah, it's fine.
0: But he sounds wholly fantastic and promising. Like there's a lot mm. of highlight reels from his time, you know, for the PL two. Team that seems to be well covered, the, the Premier League academies, yeah, with their league, which is like a lot of leagues, we can kind of look at it and say it, it is of a standard, we just don't really know. <laughs> it's a standard. Standard. So, but probably a step up in the will for him to come and play professional football with adults, yeah, at his age as part of his yeah. development. Um, he also played in the Gold Cup for Canada and Bagdad, oh, once. yeah, so such as such as his prominence. He's very well thought up to the point where uh, my own Canadian Netflix of sport, Dizone, actually did a feature on him, being the next big thing in Canadian soccer. So a lot of hope and expectation around him. He looks he looks very tall, He's very athletic, looks like he can like I think kind of similar to what Darren Moore was saying, he can kind of operate on either of those two. I don't know. I, I it's interesting to kind of I'm not going to cut to forward too hard to look at what we reviewed today for the game, mm. but um, initially I kind of had a view of whether we were going to play like a kind of the, a free pronged attack. But I think we're kind of signing players who have that availability and adaptability, like Shadipo uh, getting onto Johnson, who we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah, and Kobanu seem to be players who can kind of operate in and around there because it seems like it seems like we're kind of good after the couple after more signing news we can get into um <laughs> for for that kind of number nine berth. if we look at Patterson, camberry and gregory as well so it's interesting it is really interesting it's
1: pace and legs around that pivot point isn't it that looks it is. The, like the idea
0: one of the comments i kind of want to make from kind of seeing some of the players for the first time from today i'll just kind of cut forward and and just give a little glimpse to here. I said that Darren Moore wants to be like a New Newton John because he wants <coughs> to get he wants to get physical. And um, looks like we have some looks like we really have some real athletes in the team from some of the new the new players coming in. You know, kind of very much very real degrees of athletics and pace, but also that physicality that uh, that body behind it as well. So Cabano looks exactly just like that as well. I think he's. He's definitely over six foot. I think
1: he's six two. I believe
0: he's six two. Yeah. So I think it's fantastic. It's just very well a great signing. I'm really, really pleased, and I'm I'm very I'm very optimistic to see what he can do at Sheffield Wednesday. I think it'll be a good stage for him. I think with under Darren Moore, I think it'll be a good a good sign for his career and a good sign for his progression. A bit disappointed mm. we didn't see him today, but but anyway.
1: Yeah, uh, 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 it seems hopeful and promising, and I like. It's nice to have some players that you don't know all the ins and outs of arriving, and yes. um, I know that can go both ways, but mm. surely not too much of a a dice being rolled to sign a kind of nineteen-year-old who's not really played that much first-team football in that. I'm sure he's not costing us that much to be here. But um, I I don't know that we've talked about this on the podcast, but I shared an article with you from 442 that was talking about um, Cooper's departure from Swansea. And one of the things that Cooper brought to the role at Swansea was he he had links with academies. He's, He's highly thought of as a coach for bringing through and improving young players. So Swansea were able to attract fantastic loan signings um, partly on a result of his personality and his, you know, the facets of the way he plays and and whatever else as a trusted person. Mm. But Aaron Moore was mentioned favorably there as well as, as a character that is seen to be very familiar with youth, the youth sort of setup and youth bringing youth players through to the, to the first team Mm. um, and trusted as a player to, to be part of that process for these these bigger teams that have the embarrassment of riches. So um, I, I think some of these loan signings have picked up really point to the fact that he more himself is somebody that's, that's highly thought of and trusted in the game. And yeah, to if we I, there's a nature of being a stepping stone to some of these players, which if they go on and do great things is absolutely fine. (laughs) I mean, how well thought of is Kenwyn Jones, despite the fact he only spent one month on loan with us Wednesday fans talked about and loved him forever because you know you don't mind being part of a stepping stone on a journey if they are clearly a good bit better than your level, or at least show signs of being a good bit better than your level, Mm -hmm. which has got to be the hope with some of these premier league talents that we've, uh, we've borrowed for this season. Um, but we've not just done loans, have we, Luke? Oh, no. We've done, we've done undisclosed fees. Oh, uh, no surprise to anybody who's been following things on Twitter or Owls Talk or probably anywhere else, um, probably in the local paper as well, I would think, for the for the past few weeks. But George Byers rocked up this week. Hmm. So we've, he's, we've been expecting him as we stroke our cat and turn our chair around
0: um <laughs> <laughs> well i thought the situation was essentially it's it's kind of been engineered that we can't really pay any i mean you said the undisclosed fees but we i don't i think the restrictions against us mean that we can't pay any no but we fees
1: We've, we've, yeah, I suppose whatever arrangement we've come to, it might be that we'd say, well, pet, you know, if if he's sold, there'll be a percentage or something like that. But basically, to cover the the way of things now is it gets described as arriving on an, you know, arriving from such and such on an undisclosed fee. But yeah, we won't have paid any money for buyers, but we know the situation Swansea are in financially. And I guess they want somebody off the books. And Mm. we've either, we we've done something to sort of lessen the load for them financially. And uh, as a result, George Byers is our player. Good age. Um, I think he's 26 years old. Uh, I don't know whether I get him mixed up with Grimes. There's something about those two. They sort of sound like footballers from the 60s because they've also got Ashley Grimes that at... Uh, hmm. Swansea, haven't they? I think. So well, I he's the
0: one who I think is kind of making roads out of of Swansea as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but seems to be a good acquisition.
0: I think so. Yeah. i um, I was unsure. He didn't seem to get much of a kind of looking when he was on loan at Portsmouth. No. And I think that's something that he kind of said when he left was that he was unsure. You know, he felt a bit hard done to by the lack of game time. So but a promising player i think he's had a little bit of time at swansea beset by injury but um does seem does seem to be someone who i i think we're again giving him a decent platform for his talents um sounds like someone who is has a degree of creativity to them construct the ball around yeah i'm I'm intrigued to see where he's going to fit in the sheffield wednesday team as it kind of stands Definitely, I think seems seems a pretty decent signing. I'm going to say.
1: I suppose that's you're sort of talking about the. We've got this kind of three pronged approach up top, which is pretty much what we ended up playing today, and I think it's pretty much what we ended up playing. Um, the game between podcasts, which was uh, which was the cup game, mm. uh, but I suppose having an extra midfielder or two it gives us options anyway. You know, we've got to manage legs. The amount of games where we just looked tired and leggy last season and it caught us out was, you know, sadly too, too many to count. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also means potentially we can probably play a four in midfield if we need, if we want to have a, a pairing up top or we can flood a midfield if we need to, which I don't think we've had an option to do for a long, long time. You know, there's, it used to happen all the time against Monk that, so teams would often play three central midfielders and and then also the kind of wingers or wingbacks would be in that kind of area as well. And quite often we'd be five against two or four against three, you know, we'd be quite often outnumbered in that area. Um So I suppose that get, having some options there means we can kind of fight fire with fire a little bit more, which... Mm. um is a nice thing to have. I don't. I have to be honest. I don't know a huge, huge amount about him, other than uh, there are some Swansea fans sad to see him go. Um, he's got a reasonable reputation, and uh, it, it's. It, we have what's starting to look like a very well. You know, once we get through the rest to all the more, all the rest of the signings this week, because there are plenty. Um, it looks like a very well balanced and built side. It looks like some thoughts gone into it and we've got Mm -hmm. options everywhere. Um, You know, there's no... Obviously, there's certain players like Bannon is, to an extent, irreplaceable, but you can kind of see somebody like Wing, somebody like Byers, if he's the sort of player I I, I believe him to be. Maybe there's less weight on Barry Bannon's shoulders and he doesn't need to play every second of every game. You know, maybe sometimes he gets taken off at, at the hour mark because he's played three games in a week and he's 32 to 33 years old, you know, mm-hmm. there's naturally going to be those moments. So yeah, it's good to have options. It seems like a, sh- a shrewd bit of business, a- another player f- of championship caliber coming, d- coming down to league one. So you'd hope mm-hmm. at least good enough for the level we're playing at. If not, hopefully a bit of mm-hmm. a bit better than that. Um, we've got Marvin Johnson, uh, who was let go by Middlesbrough at the end of last season. So he comes as a free signing, Um, formerly of the pigs. (laughs) I believe that there's, there's been a, 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 there was a poll of Borough fans and most of them would have liked to have kept Johnson uh, at the end of last season. Um, He's one of the many wingers that we know Neil Warnock likes to gather around himself. (laughs) So, um, I don't, I, he, so he likes to play sort of inside out, doesn't he? He's a bit of a reach sort of type in that he likes to play right wing more often than not, despite the fact he's left footed. Hmm. Um, what do you, do you, how do you, do you have much prior knowledge about him to, to bring to the table, or are you similar to me sort of? the the highlights look good, the talk sounds good. Um, I don't think he made a great fist of things at, at Sheffield United, but he has done well well enough elsewhere to to make me quite excited about him as a signing.
0: I would probably say the same. I think he, I don't kind of recollect that he was someone who was a real star in the third tier for Oxford, I think it was, mm. when he was there. And no, but it, it seems to kind of match into that mentality that, you know, he's got a bit of a bit of attacking guile to him, probably has a bit of pace in, and But, you know, definitely, again, one of those characters who we could go with a wing or we could go with a front three and he would be a player for there as well. Yeah. We seem to have collected quite a few players like that, I must say. I mean, even to a lesser degree prior to more coming in, I mean, Andrew Green is a player that we yeah. kind of forget about. A player that I've massively forgotten about in terms of wing options. So, probably remember he here depending on his kind of Depending on how good he is, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of consideration from, uh, I think my, myself and a lot of Wednesday fans to be about, you know, is there anything still in the, the link there with Josh Sims? Yeah, it was, uh, there's also some kind of rumblings in local press that it was maybe one of the two. So, but now okay. getting Johnson in Johnson Shadipo, green, um, options for then maybe some kind of wingback options. I mean, this this is a good segue, but one that we won't hop on just yet. We'll leave the uh, our bike lock on our segways before we <laughs> hop on yeah. to say what what was kind of like the um you know it's making me wonder about what the formation was today. Really, I'm going to say so. No, very positive acquisition. Um, you know, a little bit of a more kind of senior ones. You know, he's one of our first signings that's broached the the age of 30. Yeah. But again, you know, could be shrewd for, you know, a championship, established championship talent to drop down to League One.
1: Well, I think that so we should probably just mosey on into talking about Lee Gregory as well because they signed pretty much hand in hand. You know, it was the same um, evening that they were both announced. So Lee Gregory is another one that's over the age of 30. So I think, uh, yeah, they're both... Um, so Johnson's 30 and Gridley Gregory's 32. They're the only ones that we've signed that mm. are over the age of 30. I mean, you need a bit of experience in there. So some experienced heads are useful. Uh, we've kind of got one of those at the back in Hotch. We've got one of those in the middle in Bannon. And then if you add Gregory up top, we've got another one up top. So good, really, really good teams are made up of... They don't just have one captain. They have a captain at, at every part of the pitch mm-hmm. um and uh, we've got the potential for that if they're all kind of willing to muck in and um be part of this oft described project uh that's happening here at Wednesday then uh then that, that feels like a good a good way to to sort of mix things up I, I think it's also notable I, I know with Gregory I'm not sure about Marvin Johnson in terms of the terms but I know Gregory is a year and we've got a choice about the second year mm-hmm. so it's not the case like Fletcher like Abdi like Jones like Boyd <laughs> it's not the case that we're throwing extra year seasons at these players to kind of get them to over the line as it were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good it feels like a sensible thing because I think at 32 Lee Gregory
0: turning 33 I think this year as well
1: yeah so you don't want to be hitched to, for too long to that wagon really mm-hmm. uh, so so giving ourselves a year with a, a an option to to take a second a second year if if it works out for both parties feels like a sensible way to do things what do you make of so lee gregory's come mm. uh, he's taken that number nine jersey so he's your he's now your de facto pick for our top goal
0: <laughs> is he or is, it, or is it my fellow countryman fio cabano
1: I think he, I believe he's been given number
0: nine. Oh, so therefore, therefore, because I said it was a striker. I did, oh, I did say so it was, was a number nine. nine.
1: I think you right. did, yeah.
0: Which, um, you know, initially, I think I was a little bit, I felt a little bit, the well bit, was, it was a bit lower than usual for Lee Gregory. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, the more I kind of think about it, the more I think that he, I think will be a success to us. The tune of what I don't know it's gonna be. But I think previously looking about Lee Gregory, he's a bit of a a bit of a cart horse shithouse who can bag he's, a few goals in the process as well.
1: He's the sort of player we hate playing against.
0: Very much so, yeah.
1: And I think we're gonna come up against sorry, I'm pouring myself a Ice cold Dr Pepper. If you can hear that uh, Foley sound in the background, oh, um, we uh, yeah, I think I, I think we're going to come up against lots of teams built around a big awkward frontman. Uh, not it's to
0: Altern athletic.
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, not not to step on the toes of our match review, but that <laughs> that is going to be a model we will see again and again. And it's not a bad model as long as you've got the right big awkward frontman. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Well, well, we'll get we'll get into the game when we get into the game. I know another he,
0: episode of D, D, different gravy, which is a regular old uh, multi-strand pulp fiction asynchronous <laughs> narrative, isn't it? Really,
1: but he's kind of had. You look at his goal-scoring record, mm. and, and it's interesting that Stoke City had him and Fletcher together last season, at least for mm. part of it. And he's got a Fletcher-esque goal-scoring record. You know, it's it's okay. It's not staggering. He sort of gets a goal every. Well, it depends. I mean, obviously, at the lower levels, he he was just, he was scoring. Well, at let's, least a good, a
0: good uh, well, that's the interesting thing to look at: the collective bulk of
1: <laughs> of Lee Gregory,
0: of Lee Gregory. <laughs> look at his big old girth. Uh, look at his time with basically with Millwall over five seasons. Yeah, basically uh, 10 goals in the last two seasons, the 2017, 2018, 2018, 2019 seasons, 2014, 15, the relegation season in the championship for him, uh, which he got nine goals there. So that's basically like almost pretty much almost 10 goals um, yeah. a season in, in the championship at the second tier league drops down to league one in 2015, 16, 2016, 17 gets 18 and 17. Yeah. I mean, it's five years ago. At the very latest but I don't know the more I kind of think about the more I think he could well be someone to achieve I'd I'd like to think my prediction might not be too far off there
1: well also I mean I know he didn't play a huge amount of football for Derby but three goals in 11 games for Derby is not to be sniffed at last season not to be be
0: sniffed at either Yeah,
1: terrible last year and really really struggled for goals Mm. but managing to scrabble together kind of like one in every Mm. three or four games
0: sure and then it's compound with his cool. entire season with six, one goal and six for Stoke. That's uh, four goals and seventeen. You're almost at a one, one in four level, really. Yeah, I shades think of was, shades of New You. Yeah, in in that kind uh, of big, uh, big talismanic striker who can push some push some centre backs around, cause a nightmare for some defences, and get in amongst the goals and probably make a bigger contribution than that i imagine so i imagine he's a player like that um
1: and we are not going to lack for legs around these the this front man no. that's the thing mm. i think looking at today i think wings got a bit of a turn of pace i think adenarin looks like he likes to read you know the ball dropping in those midfield areas yeah um Given half a chance, I'm sure Bannon would love to follow up a couple of headers, but more likely he's going to be supplying the bullets, I would think.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, and then we've got all these wing options, forward options, and they they are all pretty pacey. Um, so we we don't need him to be a prime athlete. We don't, you know, in the the uh, Olivia Newton John sense. There's uh, there's a couple of ways to be physical, and what you know, obviously there's the that, that sort of prime athleticism of these young wingers that are going to bound and make space in behind and look for those opportunities. But Lee Gregory's job will be distracting a centre back or two, and then chesting it down, heading it on, you know, building the building the space for those guys to go and play, and then hopefully popping back up. at you know, and on the penalty spot to nod some of them home himself. Um, feels like a sh- feels like a shrewd move. I don't know. I don't know that. I think the I think the slightly underwhelming thing is it's not exactly who we were thinking for our.
0: No, but our I,
1: number nine is it? But,
0: but I, will, uh, I will think that it's probably we're looking at. I think the interesting thing is in terms of free agents, mm. some of the prominent kind of league one striker signings. Um, like around that time, I think because of the timing, I think we've mis- probably missed out on a few of those players because of the timing of our own kind of getting our getting our house in order.
1: Our own psychodrama.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know, one of those was prominently who we came up against today, which was Jaden Stockley at Charlton, mm. who I think if we'd been in for and would have got in, I don't think I'd be wholly against that. You know, he's a, a little I bit kind of younger.
1: Today. Yeah. Of today's showing, I'd love to see, I would have loved to see him sign sign for us, to be honest.
0: Right. And I mean, outside of that, you know, um, Ipswich picked up Joe Piggott, who had a very successful season at at Wimbledon. Mm. I'm less sure about what type of player he is, but I'm just very prominently aware that, you know, he's bagged a lot of goals at this level and is riding a high from that.
1: He's he's another big boy. He's 6'2". I think being a big boy kind of comes with the territory at this level.
0: Mm. Ipswich <laughs> Town picked up Macaulay Bon. So, uh, I mean, some of the competitors in and around us have picked up some decent MK. MK Dons are taking another another bite at Troy Parrott to see if he's oh, yeah. good. You know, I wonder if we're a little we got a little bit down the list with who we could bring Possibly. in. Saying saying that, I I think Lee Gregory is pretty solid. Um, it just, it, maybe it's just not quite the marquee signing that I thought it would be, you know?
1: But don't you think, it, I mean, looking at,
0: I mean, in terms of, I think elsewhere on the pitch, we've had some really fantastic signings. If, if promise is kind of made up, I think Cobano could be a much better player. Mm. Canberra is a bit of a strange one.
1: Yeah. yeah I I'd i been mean, no, intrigued to hear your thoughts about him to uh, today. Um, mm. I, yeah, it's intriguing because I I think I think we've got enough gambles up that top of the pitch. I think there's enough like a what ifs, mm. and I sort of considered. Well, I feel like Troy Paris absolutely one of those. You know, the jury is well and truly still out on him mm. uh, at this stage. Um,
0: but then I I think George it's,
1: Hurst is another one is, but who has he rocked up at.
0: He went to Portsmouth, didn't he?
1: Portsmouth,
0: which I I still don't know with George Hurst. I mean, he had a impeccably Impeccably poor season with Rotherham, but it, but again, I I feel it's a little bit like with Troy Parrott's, a little bit similar to what you're going to see with George Hurst is that I think being of a certain credential and being within a certain Premier League club and being of a certain promise and achieving a certain amount at like an England youth level or academy level, yeah. it'll hang over you for a good few seasons. It affords oh, you yeah, moves. Even if you don't get your get yourself going at any of those clubs,
1: the the whiff of a good academy really can sustain a career for a nice long time.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, oh no, absolutely. But I just mean I think I I suppose what I'm saying is in comparison, I think in our position, mm. I'd rather sign Lee Gregory than Troy Parrott. If we've got this one shot as a frontman, I think I'd rather the 32 year old guy who's kind of been there, done that got the goals you know he's Mm. shown than a guy who's not played he's played less than half a season of football he's only ever scored twice um
0: i i largely agree i i maybe expected something just a bit more i think that's probably the the thing i think there's
1: a yeah there's a there's a gulf between the two isn't there um Mm. you know wet behind the ears 18 year olds or a um you know rugged made rugged by, by the, uh, the, the wind and sands, um, old, ve- grizzled old veteran, there's a, there is a world between those two and maybe, yeah, maybe we needed to dip into that water. Mm. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see. I, 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 I think I'll share your position on the well-mometer. We're probably in the same sort mm. of, uh, vicinity. Um, but there's definitely potential for that to be a really shrewd signing. I think.
0: I think yeah, I think so too. Um, do you find it interesting that I mean, again, like I was, I was wondering about this again midweek after we signed Gregory. <clears throat> again, it's the damnation of Patterson. It's the damnation of Patterson. How much we like him as a player, but he's still not. He's he's still not the Fletcher type.
1: He's not. But the, I suppose what's going to be interesting is where. What's the pecking order? So yes, he's got number nine. Mm. Does that mean Gregory's always going to be the first choice, and Patterson's sort of battling him for a position up top, or and yes. maybe fighting wing for that kind of top of the you know oh. um, peak of the three in midfield position, or does will Patterson still be our first choice, and Gregory's got to fight for his his time on the pitch, or Gregory will be a change up when we need it? It's going to be intriguing to see. And I mean, Green has started both these first two games, and well, well, not to <laughs> foreshadow too much, but
0: no. But I, I, I would think be
1: really pleased the- if that's not the case for very much longer. I
0: think we've done impeccably well with the timing. The fact that we've made what like. Well, we've come on to so, well twelve signings,
1: is it now? well, well that's the so the twelve that took us to eleven signings this
0: pre-season. Yep. Yeah,
1: the twelfth and so far the final the new signing was was Lewis Gibson, who who's come mm. on loan from Everton, and I believe we've been on the hot on the tail of uh, Louis Gibbo, um, <laughs> seeing as we we were we were after him in January as well. So a left sided centre back who can also play left back. Um, on loan for, from from Premier League Everton. Mm. So another another strong addition. It really does make us look a bit more rounded out as a squad and a team. Um, I mean,
0: I'm excited because Louis Gibbo was my favourite Jungle Book character.
1: Ubi-Doo, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go on loan to League 2, he said. So he, he insisted <laughs> on a League 1.
0: I want to sign for you. Sign for you. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so i definitely think it's true woo! That uh, we've got a promising promising center back coverage which is what i wanted which is really what i wanted because i i was Absolutely. half anticipating coming in and talking to you today i think there were some rumblings about gibson on yes. friday night and then it was kind of confirmed today but i well, he was
1: followed by at Siri on friday which is normally the dead giveaway <laughs>
0: That is true. That is true.
1: Chen Series Instagram is the is the uh, the Alan Nixon for the um, <laughs> the Generation Now.
0: <laughs> you may have Twitter Nixon, but I have Instagram.
1: I have Instagram, and when I'm not following Megan Fox, <laughs> I follow suspiciously unknown footballers,
0: nestling alongside Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. Is Lewis Gibson?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Next, and by next, I mean, I mean, a potential League One footballer.
0: <laughs> oh, Justin Bieber said he got his peaches from Georgia, but uh, we get our peaches from the Premier League academies. <laughs>
1: It's, he intrigues me, Lewis Gibson. So I just have to get back to the, the serious business of uh, not knowing anything about if anything. If we have to, if we have to. <laughs> mm. uh, take that, Adriana Lima. Uh, this, My next victorious secret is the next signing for Sheffield
0: Wednesday. <laughs> is unsubtly revealing Florian Canberry's arrival at Sheffield Wednesday.
1: Uh, he's a young boy. He's a young boy in the flush of life, flush of youth. Um, <laughs> well, I wonder whether Gibson. Well, I. I wonder if Jo. I wonder, if I jo- wonder, I wonder also
0: if uh, Jojo Siwas had a youth career at Grasshopper Zurich as well. <laughs>
1: oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoy making references that jump between Instagram celebrities and lowly, lowly, lowly probably. do feel free to hit us up on uh, GravyPart on Twitter. Uh, yeah. uh, but that that sort of intrigues, it intrigues me, because well, I was looking a bit today and sort of thinking, there was a couple of times where the fact that Sam Hutchinson is not left-footed almost landed us in a little bit of bother yeah. and i wonder whether a bit of, bit of bother we, a bit of bother, mate <laughs> um i wonder whether that's potentially gibson ends up being a first choice after a after a period of time i don't know it's
0: interesting essentially it's intre- i mean well i i think we're pretty oh i don't know i think we're we're good with some i think we have some well-established and probably fairly well-paid professional championship centre backs Mm. for those birth, but I I'm really glad we brought someone in because I'm like, if someone gets injured, then mm. and then it's like knowing that we've got Hutchinson and Iorfer as two of those and Dunkley, all with um, the patchiest of injury records. Yes. You know doesn't put me in the great greatest mind frame.
1: No. But we've got two goalkeepers now, two options at right back. Mm. Um We've got four centre backs plus, you know, if we do end, do end up playing a three, obviously Palmer can is another sort of fake yes. weight. Yeah. in Yeah. Um, we've got two left backs now because that's Brown's real position. Uh, he's, he's played he's played the wing uh, on the wing for the first two games, but his uh, his natural position is 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 uh, left back wing back, um, which I also believe Johnson can play wing back. Is that right?
0: Apparently so. Yeah, I think there's been some some rumblings about him playing playing that for the you know the last few seasons for, so you've got for Burra.
1: you've got so you've got one solid option at left back you've got mm-hmm. galvin youth ranks but there's also then palmer gibson and johnson who can all fill in there so or you know do a job if needs be mm. lots of options in so yeah i mean it feels it feels pretty well rounded it feels like we've got Good choices all over the park, and that's mm-hmm. a nice. Well, not we don't have r- really good choices in goal. <laughs> but um, ev- you know, everywhere else we've got we've got we've got good options, which is a nice place to be. I think so.
0: Um, I guess the interesting thing is just like I was saying before that with all these signings, it's going to take a while for these players to gel in. It's going to take a smart time for the team to gel. Um, it's just going to take so much time to get so many of these new signings kind of up to speed, like. The interesting yeah. thing is, you know, you sign a player on loan from another team. And if there's someone who you sign on loan, they're probably out of favor or they're probably on the fringes. You don't really know what kind of length of game time they've had in training or no. whether they've actually managed to feature in any friendlies, you know. So it, going into today, I just kind of cut forward and quickly just look at that lineup. The thing I want to say at lineup is it, you can't really say what the best starting 11 is because we're still getting players up and running. You know, we're missing Shadipo and Windass as well. I'm wondering if we'll have a... You know, a, I, I felt sometimes like there's been with Wednesday a, a degree of I. you don't know if they know what their best lineup is. But sometimes I think you have to be a little bit sympathetic and say it doesn't look like they've maybe had the full options to find out what the best lineup is because not everyone's been available at the same time. Yeah. Hmm.
1: No, that's a good call. I think the other thing is I think that probably... Exp- the kind of trying to avoid that disjointed early feeling as players begin keep joining, and it, it feels like we're not the only team in that position. Because um, on the commentary, they were talking about how many clubs are have added late in the day and continue to add players. Um, but I, I think that's probably what why we saw. Well, how many? Put one, two, three, four. Like six of the players like, like mo- the majority of the first team were here last season with us. Mm. and I th- that's probably a direct you know directly to address that that worry of everything feeling too disjointed but uh, everybody's going to be in the same position. so really the preseason is going to keep running until October, I would think because everybody's going to be adding to their squads until the deadline day in at the end of this month. And then yeah. everybody's going to be bedding in new players for the next mm-hmm. month, and then we might start to see what teams really look like come October, November time. Because there's not, we're not the only project that's happening in League One. There's several yeah. different.
0: Yeah, days. No, that's very and true. If,
1: what's happening at Wigan was described as a revolution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that's what they described it as in the commentary.
0: Viva, baby's head, or something maybe. <laughs>
1: um mm. we've not just added players we've added to the coaching staff as well yep si- simon Ireland has joined um i
0: was disappointed with the lack of nominative determinism to find he wasn't actually irish
1: i know disgraceful behavior it is really disgraceful.
0: it was very really terrible <laughs>
1: uh burner has officially gone we had a bit of a, um <laughs> a talk about that, <laughs> that last last time out so mm-hmm. it's officially happened now mm-hmm. um Did you pick up this? I can't remember what they're calling it 13th payment or something. So, no. Players, did you not see this? No. No. So, um, I'm trying to think what to call it now. Oh, no. The word has slipped from my mind. Severance. Players are allowed severance pay if you let them go. So, the reason that Tom Lee's and Adam Reach and. Harris, etc. Haven't signed for anybody yet. Right. If they didn't sign a contract for the whole of July, we had to pay them for July as well. Wow. So they all got,
0: they
1: all got one more round of lovely Chancery dollars.
0: Oh, the fucking bastards.
1: Yeah. But it also explains why there's a fair bit of movement now because everybody will be in that same position. And I guess across the board, there's less right. money in football this season. So you're probably not Moving, most people are probably on a, a worse contract than they were last year, so they're getting one last juicy sucker at like that. Well, no, I'm, I'm sure
0: all those players are very used to sitting on their fingers, really.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was intriguing. So that's that's what, yeah, that's why you didn't see um, Tom Lee signing till the Sunday, and and why Reached didn't sign his contract till this week as well, because they got they got another another month of of money
0: from, from Wednesday. Mm.
1: Lovely for them. Very nice.
0: Can't can't be bad, can it?
1: And it also might explain Burner's thing, you know, if he hung in there. I don't know. Maybe not. His contract wasn't up, was it? So maybe not. Anyway. No. Um, we have an update on inj- the injury to Windass, which seems fairly hopeful. It's bad, but it also, it's not like out for the season. It's... It's a couple of months out, which means and he
0: seemed, he, he, seemed little, he seemed a little bit positive about that, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I suppose from a very selfish Sheffield Wednesday point of view, and this will probably come to bite us on the bone, um, it, it wards off any potential transfer interest this window. Um, and he should be back to have an impact on this, this chunk of the season still, which uh, which would be good. Um, I think for all the additions, I I don't doubt that he would be a first choice more often than not for us. So yeah, positive. And for Show Dipper, we don't really know the full details, but it doesn't. Sit, that's not going to be like a long one, really. It's more of a a strain from what we've heard.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: So the last bit of news we've t- we've talked about it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how much there is to say about it because nobody was able to watch it. Um, but the Huddersfield game happened. We we are out of the cup already uh, mm. before the season started. <laughs> uh, I listened to it. I managed to follow. Listen to it on uh, the the I follow. Got the uh, the commentary from uh, Rob and John, um, and it sounded like a fairly even but a bit boring game maybe slightly shaded by Huddersfield and then we lost on penalties and then I watched the highlights and um, it looked like Huddersfield doing a training exercise of just having shots from different places whilst another team in different shirts sort of stood there and watched (laughs) by and large. (laughs) but we have seen the incredible moment from Banner and that was really fantastic Mm -hmm his sort of lung bursting run of of half the pitch to to close down their striker in a, in the box. Um and make a clean tackle, which is uh very commendable. Um and also a big thumping tackle from my author. Anything else to draw out of that really? Just it's the League Cup, isn't it?
0: It's the League Cup, it's another penalty shootout out against Huddersfield, which we lost. Yeah. Um who knew? that if there was a penalty against Huddersfield, that uh, Jordan Rhodes was fine taking one for Huddersfield. First up? Yeah. Only took me... Um, only took me until recently. Maybe I'm a little bit slow in life. I think I am a little bit slow um, on a few things, I will say. <laughs> you know. But I wondered about how much weather that was at, the, at that time when he refused to take a penalty. Well, probably because his confidence was shot because he's terrible. Um, but also... Yeah. There was probably a lot of like, oh, this is Huddersfield. I can't score a penalty against Huddersfield because I love him so much.
1: Yeah, I bet there was a bit of that which he really should get over himself.
0: He's a he's a prick, isn't he?
1: I, I, he seems like a nice person.
0: But he seems spineless in that instance, though. Yeah. And I think that kind of very much wraps up our experience of him, that he may be nice, but he just doesn't have... I'm not, severely lacking in any kind of umph and belief for vast vast majority of the Sheffield Wednesday yeah. time.
1: Well, I mean we've ta- we have talked so much about Jordan Rhodes the man, Jordan Rhodes the player. Um but I I I wonder how long it is before somebody starts to say um has Jordan Rhodes scored yet type thing, you know like um James BT had at Sheffield United. Mm. Because Signing him and making him the number nine and starting him every game, ugh, I don't know how long that's going to last, really. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll be amazed if they're still doing that in two months' time. Um, we shall see, I guess. Uh, yeah, but it, mm. I mean, it's a great PR move, you know, signing an old player. I'm sure he was—he probably almost felt guilty how much he was earning at Wednesday and probably took a very steep pay cut to to, to go to... Uh, go back to Huddersfield. Um, well, giving him the number nine shirt, and he did start today. He played an hour um, before the manager had seen enough. Um, yeah, I wonder how long that lasts because there just there wasn't there wasn't anything there. Yeah, we kept going back to the well and getting dusty dusty nothing in our bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, there we go. I don't think there's much to say about the game because it was just yeah, as we said. There's no way of following it at all, so um, it might as well not have happened for the second. <laughs> but I liked I liked the forward thinking from the clubs to get it out of the way. You know, mm. we were having that friendly anyway. Why not just make it count and get it out of the way? I think that's really good. Um, the benefit for us now is that we get a week to get our team shape and work new players in, which other teams are not going to have the ability to do. They're going to have to play uh, a cup Mm -hmm. game in the middle of this week. So I think all round a win, and we're never going to win this. I can't be sad about getting knocked out of the League Cup, really. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just it was going to happen at some point, and why not happen now? Um, It's less just to worry about. We've got another stupid cup that we have to do because we're in this league. Uh, So we might as well get out of one of them as quickly as possible. The only sad thing is we lost Shodipo to an injury. If we hadn't had that injury, I would have said it was an absolutely excellent piece of work all around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that brings us on to today's game, the big game.
0: The first league game of Sheffield Wednesday's 2021 League One season.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. HMS have a real good go at it. <laughs> Setting sail with a, with a big toot-toot of the horn. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And what a start it was, Luke. I mean, the talking points from today are, whew, have we got long enough? Is there, is there, is there enough?
0: Well, why don't you just hold prepared? your horses a little bit there, a little okay. bit, there, bit there, Missy, and let's talk about the lineup. <laughs> um, <clears throat> interesting, because the thing I wanted to say was kind of from, you know, it's going to take us a while to get these players up to speed. It's going to mm-hmm. take a well while for players to gel, to get to know each other, and to kind of reflect that. But it was it's interesting looking at that first lineup. I mean, a few kind of Sheffield Wednesday debuts. Not yeah. really a debut for Jack Hunt. For Jack Second debut. Second for debut for him. Obviously, BPF in the net as well. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting to look through. Adeniran is there, which is fantastic. As was yeah. Lewis Wing. Uh, Jaden Brown. That was kind of interesting. Was there anyone I know else I'm you missing?
1: gave me a nice sheet, Luke, about how to pronounce names. It didn't have Lewis Wing on there, <laughs> but I think you'll find it's pronounced Wang. <laughs> Lewis Wang. Anyway, sorry. It's just a stupid one. Well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brown kept his place. He replaced Show Depot in the week, didn't he? Uh, yeah.
0: So, so I guess the interesting thing is I want to ask you, what did you kind of think the lineup was today? I thought it was a back four.
1: It, I think it was a back four as well. I agree.
0: Right. I was a bit surprised when the coverage I had wanted to put it as a three, five two, with Palmer joining that and then Brown and hunt being wingbacks.
1: No, I wouldn't. Have yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty standard sort of back four. A four I, three, three, I, if you will. I think that was the intention. Mm. Unfortunately, as we didn't, we struggled to really get a kind of foothold in the game. So I think more often than not, we were probably three, probably four, five, one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those the the wingers ended up sort of pushed back fairly, fairly often. But yeah, I think the intention was was four three three.
0: Um, right, because so, yeah. I, I mean that was the interesting thing. It was you know kind of in terms of what the knowledge that people. The story that people seem to give me, because again, I couldn't get to see Wednesday against Huddersfield. People seem to say on our talk and other areas saying, I don't think Brown should really be kind of that far up the pitch. I think they kind of viewed Brown as more of a fullback, a regular fullback. So I was yeah. kind of wondering when I was looking at the notes, I was saying in my notes at that point, I said, you know, I think it's less than ideal based on my layman's knowledge of him. Didn't sound like a good fit based on information that we had of him against Hodersfield. But again, it, it had this weird tone that, like, is Patterson going to be our starting number nine? I yeah. don't wholly believe so. Gregory just didn't go, Greg, Gregory was just not there at all. Uh, Canberry was on the bench.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of the signings from this week were on the bench, including Kobanu and uh, Marvin Johnson as well. You know, it's like I, it's definitely I, not our settled best 11. But I think for where we are, I think we have to be a little bit grateful about where we are with this right now, I would say.
1: I think it also shows there is, it's not the case of mm. we don't have any faith in the players that are here. We need all these new signings and we can't wait to get them in by hook or by hook. I think it, it does feel like a fairly level playing field for mm. lots of players and some players will naturally stand out and become first. I mean, obviously, obviously, I obviously Peacock, Peacock Farrell is going to be first choice goalkeeper. Obviously, I is going to play centre back. I would think Hunt is going to play right back. I think Bannon is going to always. I mean, I'd be very surprised if Bannon's not an absolute mainstay. I think mm. outside of that, potentially, maybe Adaniran is going to be a first a mainstay. That's that.
0: Feels potential. I, well, I think but, if they're all there, I think that middle three is going to play every game if they're all still here.
1: Yeah, uh, mm. poss- quite possibly. Um, I, I do wonder about Wing with that mention of him sort of flattering to deceive. I mean, we can talk about. We'll. We'll. Mm. we'll I think it makes sense to assess all the kind of
0: the first I mean, impressions. Of the we do. Players. We do definitely but, have buyers as well. It's kind of. And of, but
1: that's why I'm well. sort of thinking buyers is in there. If he's another kind of equal type player we know luongo's so good if he gets to play and less, gets less game. less
0: we forget luongo
1: yeah and I, so that's why i was sort of looking at i was looking at the players today and just thinking of the three potentially wing might find himself drifting in and out of the team a little bit mm. but i don't know he got, he he seemed to come into for a lot of praise against huddersfield so you know maybe i maybe i'm way off and just today was today um it was a busy Charlton midfield um they were very reliant on Stockley which meant that the, the, their wingers were right in the middle of things as well they weren't they weren't mm. pushed up top too often um it was all about Stockley kind of making the ball stick and then the game coming to him so um it was a compact difficult midfield situation so um Maybe it just wasn't the day for Wing to, to shine, and mm. uh, maybe you've got maybe you you know we're entitled to opinions as well. You might have loved what Wing was up to as well. So um, no, it's intriguing. I, I just I just think there's I think there's things up to up for grabs outside of about five players who I expect to be complete mainstays. I think every other position. Let's see let's see who stands out. Let's see who stakes a claim. Really, which is quite an exciting space to be in because last season, really, outside of the first 11, everything was terrible, and that first 11 barely held together as well. <laughs> so, so it's nice to be in a position where we feel like we've got some choices. Mm. Um, so, mm. <laughs> things that happened in the game. I mean, the, the it's a shame for uh, for the audience on Sky, for those in attendance, for fans of both sides that basically the first big thing that happened in the game was a massive injury with a huge, I think it was seven and a half minutes of, yeah. uh, of injury, um, looking after that injury, which does, I mean, it kills the excitement and the momentum just dead. And it's like picking things up again from a kind of morgue esque atmosphere. So that did not set a great tone for the game. No. I put um, the game barely got started before f- former and current bane of our lives, Jaden Stockley, murdered Callum Patterson in cold blood. The ref didn't speak to him, they didn't show a replay. And both Luke and I volunteered to host the Spot a Foul podcast exclusive looking into this true crime. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Patterson found himself replaced by Florian Cambry. I'm sure nobody expected Florian Cambery to be going on quite so quickly. Mm. I'll be intrigued to hear what you thought about his performance. It was a, an interesting mixed bag, but he certainly didn't bring... He doesn't play the game like Patterson plays the game. I suppose nobody really plays the game like Patterson plays the game. But he's not that same kind of... I don't know what I want to describe Patterson as. Just an awkward bugger, really, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Hambury doesn't really have that to him. But I thought some of his movement was quite good, looking to sort of make runs in behind. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, he seemed to keep getting caught offside.
0: Well, a lot, of our, a lot of our forward plays just kind of left us offside in so many occasions, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but he, he seemed to be kind of have a degree of mobility to get himself into space. He had one great moment in the second half where I felt he really worked himself well into space, but then he just yeah. seemed to kind of overthink it. Yeah and then that was yeah. it and it seemed like that felt like him more of his that that felt like his opportunity for the game pretty much
1: there were some nice touches in there and i think yeah i'm intrigued by him but i'm i am i'm also slightly worried by that performance it wasn't it wasn't overwhelmingly uh positive <laughs> i think there were positive bits and pieces i thought some of his running was good um we had um Oh, I've forgotten his name, the Irish miserablest uh, commentator, formerly of formerly of Blackburn Rovers.
0: I know the exact one you mean, Keith Andrews. Keith Andrews, yeah,
1: Irish Irish miserablest Keith Andrews. <laughs> um, every year he tussles out for that title with Dylan Moran, um, the the <laughs> the Irish miserablest for this year, but he tends to win. Um, He was saying that his movement was really good and they couldn't keep up with his movement. So that was quite a high praise. Wow. Um, We didn't do a great job of finding him or when we did, as we touched on, it was too late. Like there was one moment where he made a great run, but Hunt just checked his pass before he played it. And by the time he played the pass, uh, Canberra was in lots of space, but it was too late because he was miles (laughs) offside. Um, uh, There was also that weird... This is sort of—I haven't picked this out as a particular note, so it's not necessarily kind of jumping ahead too much. But there was a moment where it sort of dropped for him in the box. I don't know whether it's the same moment you're talking about. And I think like Green cut across him, and it was like—I think Green expected Canberra to go take it past him. I think Green thought he was making a a kind of dummy ghost run, and I think Canberra thought Green was just going to take it because he was through on goal. And the ball just ended up kind of like they ran into each other, and the ball kind of like tamely <laughs> rolled to the defender. I think that's what happened second half. Um, but yeah, and intriguing. I mean, some of that movement around the back is useful, but then that that doesn't—that's not what you necessarily want from a lone front man. That lone front man's got to be winning the ball, taking it on his chest, etc., playing with his back to goal a little bit more. And when he was asked to do that, I don't know that he. Did very well. Um, the best chance probably of the game, but definitely of the half fell to Stockley almost straight after we got back to playing um, after he killed Patterson in a possible hate crime. It something we're looking at. It's an angle for the podcast we're looking at. Um, but he had a very decent chance. We sort of forgot to mark him because he'd been... Man marked by Patterson previously. Mm. Uh, Therefore, he had a free header, but he didn't hit the target with it, thankfully. Um, We had nice moments. I I thought the midfield looked fluid and Mm. useful and interesting, but it just never quite, it was always kind of bubbling under and it never quite amounted to anything.
0: I guess the interesting thing was like it it was a pretty subdued start even before Pato was murdering the cold light of day, but that didn't really help any kind of pacing for the narrative
1: do you think the subdued start might have been due to the fact that their rock and roll chairman unveiled his new song that he'd written for the crowd as a fight anthem did you get any of this on your commentary
0: i didn't get this stuff at all no i I don't get this stuff and i'm really annoyed that i don't get this stuff because i'm just like they left the camera running at half time so because there's no it's just one commentator right there's no kind of studio show to go back to right you know, we we it, it kind of gives any of the the budgets towards you know dealing without the Premier League with paying, I don't know, paying Leon Sanderson and Michael Owen to kind of muddle through muddle through some words out of their mouth. You know, that's 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 what it is in a nice swanky swanky studio. So <laughs> that's was the footage running, and I think I can't remember if I actually saw it or whether it was just something that maybe happened and it was just from the camera angle, just something I couldn't see, but they, I had the, the Charleston Cockney announcer announcing that they're going to have a crossbar challenge. So that's essentially <laughs> what I got for half time. And I didn't get any preamble. I just got a bit of preamble about them looking over the team sheet and thinking it was a free five, two. And then so, i also, I mean, I was texting you during this and, and the commentator was pretty confident that it was Sam Hutchinson who was down. Yeah. So that made it very confusing for me when I saw that Florian Canberry was warming up. And I think I was just getting to the point in my train of thinking to say, oh, are we gonna bring Canberry on and then Patterson's gonna go back at centre back? Before that point where you announced that it was Patterson who <laughs> was down.
1: That would be quite confusing.
0: But then as you said, you know, bald does look like bulb to kind of bald looks about. like
1: bulb from a distance. We it know it does. This now.
0: It does. And, and I also did you notice? Uh, I, I noticed that Hutchinson has the dirty beard and a different color to his hair.
1: Well, the thing is, last time I saw Hodge,
0: mm. the
1: dye job was pretty much gone. So he's doubled down on that. He has gone in for another dose of the blondie uh, for the start of the season. He's really maybe celebrating his new contract with uh, with a, yeah. a, a a redip of his uh, of his skull in bleach.
0: Um <laughs> if that's the case I was also wondering as well if we've lost Hutchinson I guess it would be very Sheffield Wednesday that we've just given him another year while he's uh, you know had his skull caved in from uh, Jaden Stockley
1: yeah oh, that would have been very, uh, very, very Sheffield bad.
0: Wednesday but I thought he looked like a bad fifth element Bruce Willis today yes
1: he did
0: I mean <laughs> the curtains the curtains didn't match the drapes did it on his face
1: what's <laughs> So, okay, so this is the from the um, Charlton, Charlton's website.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: Thomas Sand- Sandgard's Addicts to Victory track is available to listen to now across all major mu- music streaming services. <laughs> An avid fan of rock music, Sandgard has combined his two primary passions to write and release his brand new song. This is Charlton's fight song, explained Sandgard it started off as one of the many songs that our band have been putting together. And it occurred to me that we could write lyrics to make it special to Charlton. As a lot of people know, alongside football, music is my passion and has been a lot. And it has been a lot of fun being in the studio, putting the song together. I hope that it can play its part on match day to pump us up and lead us to victory at the Valley. So he played this song for the first time to the crowd, um, before the game kicked off, uh, so I wonder if that was <laughs> the subdued atmosphere. Because imagine if Chancery treated us to his latest uh, his latest big number before uh, before kickoff. I-, I can imagine how uh, how Hillsborough would feel. Uh, and it would not be excited and victorious. <laughs> um. Yeah. Weird. Weird. So so they showed footage of him like in his suit uh, with a guitar around uh, round his neck.
0: So he uh, had a he had a, a blazer at the top of a Charlton shirt, didn't he?
1: Is that right? Maybe that's what he was wearing. I thought he had a i thought he had a sports jacket on at the very least.
0: He uh, yeah, I think he yeah, he had that when he was sitting down because we focused on him and his uh his misses, you know, in the crowd.
1: They also seem to lots be so they <laughs> they unveiled the Alan Kirbishley stand and they had yes. lots of players from the yeah the Lee era.
0: Right. There. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of put together that, that, that was okay. That's the reason why they were there. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, so I don't know whether that, that led to the, <laughs> the miserable atmosphere,
0: but I mean that, that first half you've mentioned Stockley missing a free header in the 24th minute. Yeah. I it's like best moment of a fairly even and dull contest at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: A little bit after that, there was a moment where there was a flick on, which Jack Hunt very unconvincingly dealt with.
1: Yes, that was a bit of a panic, wasn't there?
0: There was. He took a bit of a touch, and then he had to kind of roll it out for a corner. You know, he seemed very startled by what happened there. Um, But we did get a bit of kind of real... um, We did get a real bit of, like, prison prison break revenge, really, with uh, Billy Billy Peacock Farrell then poleaxing Stockley from the corner. Yeah, there's a little corner shiving for what he did to Pato.
1: <laughs> you mess with my boy, you get the fist. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> it did seem a bit premeditated. But on him. Good. But good, but definitely good because How
1: often do we get done by these dirty teams by these awful managers that only seem to be like The whole Atkins – I remember playing Atkins teams now. It took about 20 minutes, but I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. They do loads of tactical fouling. They moan like Billy-O. You know, uh, yeah, Uh, and they they hoof it long all the time, always, always, always. Every set piece is centre-backs in the box. So, yeah, that's Nigel Atkins. I remember now. Um, Yeah, so good. Good to stand up to them and punch a bully back in the face. (laughs) the fact we let little Bailey do it is a bit you know a bit of a worry but still somebody did it
0: somebody did it you know Sean Flair was acting a hard man a few times Ugh. I didn't yeah. comment that Charlton and a bunch of dutty buggers mm. Charlton looking a lot more I'd probably say in that first half I made a note said a lot looking a lot more of a cohesive side than we are yeah but then I think we were really showing that I think a few moments that when we were on the ball I think we were looking very very good in comparison I thought Bannon and Wing were really showing the class in the first half with some kind of nice, nice footwork. Yeah, yeah, very nice touches. I thought there was a brilliant moment on the 41st minute where we got a corner from them pressing us. They We seemingly had a situation where they were putting three players on us at left back. But we managed yeah. to just dink it over to Palmer from the centre-backs. He shuffled yes. it. kind of. We played it out to the right. I think it was a long cross. I think, was it maybe Jack Hunt? Yeah. They put it out, and that was a really beautiful counter-attacking move. It was just really upsetting that we then did a really lame kind of flick-on routine to Hutchinson, I think it was. Yes. At the near post. I'm like, it's just, it, it, yeah. We felt like we did very little with our corners and set pieces, and it felt the opposite. It felt like every Stockley. every corner was just tantamount. You just pick out Stockley in the middle.
1: Yeah.
0: And then it'll, Either try and look like he's going to do something promising or fluff it wide. Really, yeah. Forty-second minute, I said Hutch sees yellow, and it's not his barnet in the mirror. Uh, the resulting Charlton free kick was wanged over.
1: So I've got a couple. Of, I thought. I thought the. I thought you know there's, there was a lot of coverage of um, Chiellini yanking back.
0: Bakrissaco. Um,
1: Bakrissaco, I thought. Matthews, his foul on Brown was not a million miles off being quite as as brutal. Um, Like, he grabbed a hold of, like, both sides of his shorts and just hoiked him down as hard as he could Um, because Brown picked his pocket and then went on a run. Um, That was probably, like, the Wednesday highlight of the half, more or less, was uh, the fact he did that little run and got hoiked down. Um, I also put that around that point, Remember how in the Euros the refereeing was so good, unfussy, letting the game flow and actually improving matches? Yeah, well, this ref had the summer off because he was so drained from blowing his whistle so much last season. Because <laughs> he was so busy. Uh, the, what, that's the annoying thing in games like this, where I, th- I think we probably did some tactical fouling of our of our own. I know like, that Hutch one basically is the same, you know, same sort of thou shalt not pass, you know, I'm going to take you out because I don't want you to go past me so that's just as cynical it drew the yellow card it was absolutely fair enough but I I, how often in games like this where it is bitty and there's no momentum and it's slow do you find that the referee is just getting so involved all the time like completely adding to whatever stop start feel there is to things the ref is making it worse by adding unnecessary stop starts all the time as well Mm.
0: I noted how at the end of the first half, Stockley, Stockley is somehow immune to anything after winning the softest free kick from my mm. author giving him a very lame grope. Yes. I don't know what, just as a general kind of note, which I made in the second half, which I think was even bigger there, but I will cut ahead and make this comment. Basically, the thing I want to say was, I'll, I'll come on to it later when I'll, I'll make the point about it. Okay. Um, seemingly, Charlton have some mafia-like protection racket going on with the officials. The yeah. aged ref named named ref of Will Finney, seemingly yeah. treating Charlton's challenge like a thing of old, but ours of a modern time. A true good night, yeah. sweetheart referee.
1: He, I mean, obviously we, you know, we talked about the fans being back, and I do think more than anybody, the fan, the ref, seemed to be affected by that because every little look from a Wednesday player was blown up and they got away with some pretty bad fouls. A lot of that kind of just a clip in the heels when somebody has gone past you or a little shove in the back or a little tug at the arm. Um, There were things that should have been yellow carded that weren't. There were, and there were just fouls that just were not blown up. I can't, there was a couple of incidents, I think around that time where I sort of jotted down that he was having a, a really annoying game to watch I think there'd just been a couple of incidents where we'd done something. We've been trying. Uh, generally, it was Adoniran a, an and trying to make the brute, move the ball forward. I think Brown had a couple of moments of this, trying to make some things happen, getting hoiked back, and then kind of giving as good as. There's so no foul given. They gave as good as they got then to either nick a ball off a defender or whatever, and then that gets blown up. And it was always the kind of like the 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 retaliation or the second nibble of things was what he blew up at over um and that was shown very very keenly with, with Bannon's yellow card which I know is a little bit off for now but the fact that Claire didn't Claire does the initial foul which was just running into Bannon and kind of sticking one on him Bannon reacts to that which obviously he shouldn't he's a senior pro but the foul is the first thing you like that should be a yellow card and then okay reacting is a yellow card what it's not one or the other mm. really yeah it did feel like charlton maybe the maybe he just loves rock and roll music and he just had his heart moved by that fight song
0: maybe so maybe so stirred by uh yeah by the fight the charlton's fight song and my
1: other note my last note of the uh half was 45 minutes the latest in the succession of decent bits of play that fall down when we pass it to andre green his ability to find the first man with every dribble pass and cross is unerring and annoying in equal measure Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it honestly there was four i think four or five fairly decent passages of play that ended when the ball went to andre green i was not impressed by his work today
0: no (laughs) anything else from that first half No, that was pretty much it. Just going into again, like I said, I got to see or or got to hear the promise of the crossbar challenge at halftime.
1: Oh yeah, that was a. We got a feature on Jaden Stockley and his heading in both boxes. So we got to see every single one of his headers for. Uh, in a positive sense for Charlton and every single one of his headers uh, in their box defending for Charlton but not a replay of when he murdered Patterson which really did feed into my feeling that there is some sort of conspiracy theory there. Bizarre not to show the first incident. They sort of said, well, he had that clash but then he had this chance. Mm. (laughs) Um, I think we did one of those second halves where it kind of looked like we forgot that there was more football to play. Yeah, Uh, (laughs)
0: they came out a bit juiced up, we came out a bit more relaxed, we were a bit loosey-goosey. The only positive I'd say about that is that Charlton looked like a lot more in this at the beginning of the second half, we seemed a little asleep. Saying that it is opening up at the other end a little, we had a few moments, a few kind of bites of it looking like we had a bit of territory to play in the opposition half.
1: Yeah, I think the very, very first moments of that first half, actually, we had a... Mm. We had a, a reasonable go at it and then and then sort of spent 10 minutes doing a fair bit of defending. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best of the chances, I said, was at the 57th minute where yep. Um, yep. a clever cutback from Claire set up Morgan for a shot on goal in, uh, from the middle of the box, but thankfully he rushed it and put it high and wide.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely had time to probably take a touch and do something with that, but luckily for us, he just absolutely flung his foot at it and just blazed it over the bar so apparently we
1: had six shots and they had 10 for the game
0: right but we only and actually managed to uh notch one on target i think
1: that's right yeah and they didn't get any shots on target yeah, yeah. high caliber game great game of football so mm. the, and none of our chances apart of, so none of that original three that started the game got a shot uh, had a shot at all <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah uh <laughs> um, I, saw, I said, I said Marvin Johnson consulting his binder. Owls fans collectively think he's got the sleeve tattoos, but does he have the good at football? Um, eventually he came on for the disappointing Andre Green in the 64th minute. Um, we had a little flurry there. I don't know how involved Johnson was, but we... Um, it seemed to be around the time that my, my dinner arrived. <laughs> um, uh, so I didn't see all of it in real time. Uh, but uh, uh, we had a penalty shout, slight penalty shout for Brown, a foul on Brown in the box.
0: I thought it was more Brown falling over in the box.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of that. And then so we had uh, a the thing I, effort from Palmer.
0: That was brilliant as well. Yeah, the 68th. Palmer just actually managed to just kind of jink, jink round and then absolutely put his foot through it. Yeah. I, I would have been curious to see where it would have ended up if it wasn't like deflected wide. Yeah, that would but, have been um, interesting to see. would have been good. Can we just uh, just rewind the clock a bit? I'm not sure. I think it was essentially somewhere around the 60-odd minutes. Okay. But that was the bit which actually made me make the comment about the protection racket with the officials. Oh. I was absolutely... I was mad with the ban in yellow.
1: Yeah.
0: Because Claire cynically tripped him over the referee yeah. did fuck all because i think he said play on yeah and then kicked off at him bannon gets a yellow claire gets fuck all i know i'm really 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 annoyed with that like and that was also a promising move for us and i don't know what happened it did, was. It just, did it did the referee just call it back because he saw what bannon did
1: yeah yeah he called it back right it. Bannon pushed Claire over he called it back
0: oh god what a terrible referee I thought the referees are bad in the second tier of English football, but wow, they really well, do gonna, honk in the third tier of English we're football.
1: We're going to get some treats, aren't we? I think we are going to
0: get some treats of officiation. Yeah. Very, very, very poor from the referee, I must say. Claire was it, very lucky to not pick up a yellow today. Nilly, yeah. Nearly shown as Sean Flair for picking up yellow cards.
1: Oh, well, you know. the, yeah. When he took out um, a, a D'Aniran, because that was a lovely little change of feet. By Adoniran, mm. um, just a great bit of play, darting across the front of the box and just gets kicked up in the air. That should have been a, that he should have been off Claire, really, because it was too, that's you know, the, the show, the, the, the battering into Bannon was a cynical, needless, late tackle, and then what he did to Adoniran was just disgraceful. <laughs> I know we've got a foul for that, but he didn't give him a yellow. Mad. Absolutely mad. I thought Matthews was just fairly lucky to stay on the pitch because he fouled Brown after he got his yellow as well. Mm. A similar sort of, not quite as blatant, but a similar kind of cynical, just to halt play type foul. Um Yeah, very, very frustratingly uneven refereeing performance. Uh, gladly he didn't get a chance to make a big decision, although maybe his big decision was not. I, I've heard people say that Stockley elbowed. Uh, Patterson, I, I know I've joked about it being a kind of um, conspiracy theory but I have heard uh, I've, I've I've read that several times, people saying that he, he elbowed him so I think he probably should have got sent off he should have at least been spoken to so he got probably the big decision wrong um, and then thankfully we didn't make any fouls in the box to give him a chance to give them a penalty because no doubt would right. have absolutely gleefully done that
0: But it felt like he was rising to the occasion of the whole narrative of this is Charlton's Day. This is a big day. They're at home. It's their first game of the season. Oh, the fans have been been away. Oh, we've named the stand after Alan Kerbishly. I imagine we probably had the same footage, just with different commentators. 75th minute, camera focuses at a rainbow we cannot see. (laughs) Then it cuts back through the pissing rain to Alan Kirbishly. Beautiful. Look at
1: that. You could see a rainbow over my stands. (laughs) Have you got a phone to take a picture?
0: And then that makes sense, because then it cuts to Chris Powell and Matt Holland. I said a day for a day for cheap lattice dignitaries. (laughs) Addicts. Sorry, they're addicts, aren't they?
1: Addicts, yeah.
0: Different type of athletics. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, right, the whole... I don't remember the change of ownership being when they got rid of Curbishly. My, my, to the the narrative I remember is that collectively Charlton got a bit fed up with finishing comfortably. Yes, in, exactly.
0: And they yeah. decided
1: they needed to push for Europe. Yep, that's what and happened. That's when they got rid of Kurbusly. So the idea that this new owner comes in, it's like, oh, I've brought Kurbusly back because those lot got rid of Kurbusly. Uh, it feels like a bit of stolen valor, really,
0: because. Mm. It's very strange. A, I, I find Charlton: I, get find, I find Charlton a very strange football club.
1: Yeah, you know. at least nobody was doing pull-ups on the uh, crossbar this time. <laughs> what a bell:
0: <laughs> The revelation I was getting with this game is that, for all its kind of lack of great um, great theatrics and being a not very good game of football. The revelation I'm getting with this is that there's probably not much between the cream of the third tier and the lesser teams in the second tier. Yeah. It felt like we could have replaced any number of these these teams who were playing this game of football. This could have been Huddersfield-Ipswich for all we know. You know?
1: No, I think it's a fair point. But I also thought of, of, this should have or could have been as tale of our quality show it shining through um mm. uh, it didn't end up that way but it's just hard to know it, 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 well i mean we'll go, I, i'm sort of want to almost dissect the game as a whole uh, at, at any given moment but we should probably just do the motions of the last few sort of incidents of the game my next mm. so the 68th minute about the um the the, the banner uh, the palmer shots, yeah. and then my next 80 second minute which which probably sort of tells you how much stuff was happening in the match but I sort of said big let off as I offer misjudged a header in midfield and sent us into scramble Uh, we regained our shape really well but Hutch's clearance invited a shot from midfield Uh, Hutch himself closed it down and the shot whizzed wide but that was another good opportunity for them I mean all the good opportunities really aside from one or two fell their way it's got to be fair
0: Pretty much, uh, yeah.
1: And they look like I think I do agree in terms of like they look like another one of these teams that just looks like they've got a fit, capable midfield of like all right technicians. Nobody really stand out, but they can all probably have a shot and play a pass if needs be. They can they they, they can also tackle and be ugly, and they 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 run around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many teams that sort of fit that, that, um, that mold, that interchangeable midfield bods that are all, all right. Seven out of tens. Um, then the 86th minute was our, our, this was our best. This was our, this should have been crowning glory end of the game. Mm-hmm. Our, 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 we've got Barry Bannon and, our, and it all told um, because we had a good bit of pressure for Canberra. He didn't do a huge amount of pressing that second half, but, um, picked his moment here it's, He obviously sort of felt like there was some something some weakness or some uh hes- hesitancy uh and he did a great job because the keeper sort of kicked it straight to bannon uh who pushed forward did a couple of lovely uh tricks to to beat uh beat two men um and unfortunately it ended up on his right foot in front of goal I, I think probably if he watches it back knowing the kind of perfectionist he is he probably will feel he could have actually taken that touch and put it on his left, but he hit it with his right, and it it, it just went wide of the post. Unfortunately, it mm. was a shame because he really clearly sort of set himself for the shot and thought, you know, I'm going to just pick a corner and put and hit the target. Mm-hmm. And he hit the target, um, but that really could have been, you know, it was a tough slog. It was 86 minutes. They had some good chances. We sort of, we sort of weathered the storms. Uh, but our bit of quality showed because we've held on to Barry Bannon against all odds. That that could have been it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our we had one final shout as well, which unfortunately fell to Liam Palmer. But an absolutely terrific cross from Hunt to the back post. Yeah, Palmer stole in. I don't think any Charlton players knew he was there till the ball hit his head. Um, but unfortunately, it's just an awful header. It, it, I think he was maybe thinking about passing it back, but he yeah. passed it back yeah. with the pace of a shot. Yeah, it, ugh, just fell apart really. And uh, anybody but Palmer, <laughs> I think that you, you, you're looking to hit the target there. Um, it was a it was a really really good cross uh, from Hunt, who I think had a good game overall. Um, anything else notes wise for that second half?
0: No, and that led to Marvin Johnson's lupid stoppage time header. Yeah, the yeah. only shot on target for this wet and damp game of football. Yes,
1: yeah, a very very tame uh, shot on target. I, I made a quick a quick list right at the uh, um, at the final whistle. Things I didn't want to say until the end. Uh, one, we managed Stockley quite well. Two, I remember Adkin teams of old. Adkin's teams of old now. <laughs> three how long until the rock and roll Charlton owner appoints Ainsworth for a disappointing rock and roll footballer supergroup? uh four uh their owner looks like that Jeff guy who screwed over the Tiger King so there we go I didn't want to say those things
0: to, to <laughs> tempt fate um but you still wrote them down
1: <laughs> well I didn't do them till the end of the game you see that's, that's what fair, I enough. Know. Fair, fair enough,
0: enough.
1: <laughs> but uh I mean, well, we, we can talk about the performance as a whole, but could, um, Charlton have been a bit of a bogey team for us. We, maybe not for the last few years, but for we 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 had a lot of years of bumping around together. And I feel like generally them getting the better of us, particularly at the Valley. Um, so I think it's a tricky, fi- it was a tricky fixture against a sometimes mm. bogey team for us. Um, very good would- fun to have. One who were
0: probably revered and thought about as being definitely top six contenders.
1: Yeah, they're up there, aren't they? They're they're thought to be contenders, definitely. Um, One of a number of teams like ourselves that are sort of, it's going to be a race to get all those new players comfortable and in the door, etc. We pissed on their Alan Kerbishley anointing chips, which was really funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and we survived Stockley who has absolutely ruined us previously mm-hmm. that game against Stop, uh, against Preston where he came on he i mean we went from winning that game to losing it because of Jaden Stockley he set up two goals and scored one himself i think um he's a difficult dangerous player to play against and feeds our worst sort of habits um or plays you know feeds on our worst habits defensively so to get through that game without conceding I think is pretty good although unfortunately we did have to sacrifice Patterson Mm -hmm. um so what do you you know what do you think about the performance what do you I I know we've we haven't been able to stop ourselves doing a little bit of uh dabbling into the performance as a whole but what, what do you make of it what do you think going forward? How do you feel? And then I think maybe it would be nice to go through the new players and give a first a first impression.
0: And i just give some more glib comments. Please do. Oh More for the glibness. It's, it's what we always it's what I always do. Atkins looks an unhealthy pinkish brown. <laughs> it's all the positivity
1: flushing through him.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. That makes him look like he'd um peep, he'd go to Italy and then look at him and say your your, your colour is a bit much, sir. So. You, sir, are a
1: bit too pinkish. I
0: think so. I really hoped uh, we were going to wazz on his straws, so that's disappointing. But I know. We'll probably maybe have to wait until we get up and running and we can take them back to Hillsborough and hopefully, put, <laughs> hopefully we can uh, put some goals past them. But, um, the
1: commentator on Sky, by the way, when Bannon missed his chance, he said... If you told Darren Moore at the start of the game that it would be nil nil and he could have a chance with, for Barry Bannon one on one with the goalkeeper, he'd have snatched your hand off. I was like, no, I think he would have picked just about any other player on the pitch, including Peacock Farrell. Like he has, he is broken when it comes to shooting in, in, in Barry Bannon. He would not right. pick it. <laughs> well, maybe Palmer would be back behind pa- pa- Bannon in the list, but. I'd put every other outfield player.
0: <laughs> mm. uh, so what do you want to focus on first, sorry, Rich? Because I just wanted to give that terrible okay. comment about Nigel Atkins first.
1: No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm always here for the glibness. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose just, I, mm. I think maybe probably a good way to look at it is what were your, what was your first impression of this new look Wednesday side? And what? then maybe we'll drill down into the individual players.
0: It seems like a team that very much when they get up and running and when they truly manage to kind of roll out their legs uh, with the opportunity, which I know maybe this is maybe this is a litany of a lot of teams we'll come up against who are very physical in this mm. league. It is going to be a very physical league. That is very much the nature of this. I'm sure've got to win the the
1: physical battle in League one, haven't you? There's
0: an endless line of players just queuing up to kick lumps out of us in this league. You know, um, yeah. so I, I think that's probably a bit of foreshadowing for the rest of the rest of the the season. i I'd, I'd see promise that or I, I, I feel the promise that things could well get better, and we will probably have more of a tune and idea of what our best eleven is. I think the players will you know, come out of that. they'll get fitter. Yeah. They'll learn to play with each other a bit more. they'll get more settled in. So I think that is promising. So I, I don't know how much to kind of look at and think about this. Think about a point away from home and a clean sheet against a difficult opponent for this league is probably a positive. I think there's more to come on the final third of the pitch. I was a little disappointed to not see like a little bit more today in that, in, in terms of things yeah. kind of gelling together near that end of the pitch with the the attacking prowess that I think we've got the club, but I, thi- I think you have to kind of hold and reserve judgment right now for where we are, knowing that it's just been incredible that we're at the stage for the first game of the season, and we have, I feel like, bar any more players going, I, I feel like we've done our business. We've done our business rather substantially, and replacing 16 players with 12 yeah. is, is pretty downsizable. So, again, I'm just trying to kind of not be too judgmental about this opening game of football. Yeah. Difficult yeah. though, because I mean it's um as well as it being the first time as it is being this big serenade for for Charlton, it's also the serenade for us. Every first game of the season is going to be a serenade for, you know, every team that's playing it because it's it's been this is the first time yeah. fans have been able to see a game in seventeen months. So it, it's it's a, it's a big occasion all round, effectively
1: absolutely uh no I, I do i think you're right i, I might i did sort of have a little moment because i, I remembered last season i can't remember what the context was there were so many periods in the season that could, this could be but we were on a pretty poor run and i was sort of we were talking and I, I think i was saying something to the effect of you know we're not really supposed to beat these teams that were you know the team we're playing this week like it would be a real surprise if we did. It's the it's the it's the other games that sort of, and I think you sort of said that, like, how well, how many of those can we have though? And it, I did in kind of going in filing this away. In the, it was a tricky game against a tricky team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's like that. Uh, it's a tricky game against a tricky team. Do You know, like the, the League One this season, more than most, is full of actually like a collection of formerly great teams that are at various stages of finding themselves or refinding themselves Mm -hmm. um it's a bit of a graveyard of former premier league greats in some ways yeah so we're gonna have it's gonna be tricky um i think what's that physical side of things is a given at this yeah league one is (laughs) it's it's um it's a blood and thunder. It's the start of the blood and thunder leagues that just keeps going down the uh, the pyramid from from here on out.
0: Um, but I don't it's, feel um, like we're
1: going to get cowed or bullied. No, which no, I no, and that's
0: that's the big, big thing of on. looking the players coming in as being like, oh wow, you know these are these are yeah. very much more of the built athletes than I think we've seen for a while, and I think that's a real benefit to Sheffield Wednesday.
1: But I think the likes of Adam Reach would get gobbled up in League One.
0: Oh, yeah, very much so.
1: And I feel like we've kind of rid the squad, by and large, of that type of player, which feels like a good move <laughs> for the challenge ahead.
0: Yeah, I, d- I uh, don't really think of many players that we have or are alike still of that ilk. No. I'd be very curious to see how Palo Pelle- Pese would have done in this tier.
1: Yeah, we'll never know. We I had will never know. Moment. Unfollowing him on uh, on Instagram. Oh, Rich! <laughs> uh, I just thought I can't I can't see those thighs anymore and
0: not have that show. Uh, but I mean, for a player who is so deemed so to be so physical, but yet didn't yes. really have such of a weight in the second tier, you wonder how things change if you drop a division. Now, but again, but again, team like team. we will never now, know effectively. Now
1: I'm thinking of Joey Palopesi and leg warmers and a a unitard. Oh, <laughs> oh! I'm gonna have to refollow him. I think. Um <laughs> No, I know, I know what you mean. So, in terms of, like, should we do some like first? Imp- I-, I don't know whether there's so many new players. I know, yeah, I, I know. Out of the new, out of the new batch, the new breed, mm-hmm. Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. And the new breed. Which one for you was the? weirdly sexy one and which one was the newsreader one why didn't you start with that one rich <laughs> i've got to so so i think in terms of standing at i, I do i I, know, I appreciate what you said like lewis wing i think there were some nice touches there i was a little bit under i thought mm-hmm. there was maybe a game to be grabbed by the short and curlies today by a member of our midfield and i feel like a denny run did that yes. i like yep. tried to do that Mm-hmm. Our good moments were generally mm-hmm. him taking control and pushing forward a bit. Mm-hmm. I think he looks really good. I, I, I'm I'm really pleased that we've
0: signed him. Um, I think it's a little bit of that um, FDB-like drive yes. from the middle, but just with a lot more steel there. Yeah. Like he doesn't he also, seem flimsy. He seems like a real battle, battle cruiser in the middle of the park, you know?
1: And he seems to be able to go all game, which is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: that the the cross uh, Hunt's cross in the whatever it was the ninety whatever minute that um, Palmer produced his disappointing header from that was um, that move was started by Adeniran sort of making uh making a sort of burst into the box and trying to do a cutback himself so he's he was still working hard and on the front foot even at that stage which was really nice to see I think he's going to be a star I think I. <laughs> The, I, I mean, he, obviously he was probably like a, a fetus at the time, but if we'd, I, we, he's the sort of player we should have signed immediately after losing to Hull at Wembley. It's the sort of player we've needed for a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah so.
1: And I'm glad to have him. I loved mm. having Hunt back. I thought he looked... I know there was that weird moment, a bit of miscommunication, but I thought he just looked so comfortable and confident and i loved the early crosses in we had two or three of those early they
0: were really really good they were probably they were the best crosses we came out from yeah we had nothing on the wing really in that regards you know
1: yeah um and i i thought there were glimmers i appreciate the the broad opinion seems to be he's sort of playing out of position and i guess his squad number would point to that as well but i thought there were moments from brown i sort of liked his. I liked his attitude. I don't think he got much joy. Mm. Matthews is a good. I mean, Matthews has played games for Wales. He's a decent, uh, a very decent right back. Uh, so, uh, and you know, who knows what would have happened if he hadn't been so uh, mercilessly hoiked down by his by his trousers uh, <laughs> on that break. But there was bits to like about him. He's obviously very quick, um, and maybe maybe. Him playing at left back or left wing back is going to be the the key there because he he will have a little bit more time to kind of stretch mm. his legs.
0: Uh, he he for me in terms of the day de- like not a player who I don't know if he really had the best game out of everyone who was a new debut.
1: No, I was agree. a
0: debutant, but he was the one who surprised me because I think he made me change my mind on I didn't have a great view about who he is as a player, but I think. I kind of came to the conclusion based off some information. Mm. And I was impressed with how athletic he was and how much power yeah. he had. And yeah, he had a real battle, like you said, with Matthews. But um, I think did very, very well, considering. Yes. And, you know, that that's interesting. That's another that's another option there for the wings, really. Like, uh, you know, I, I kind of think about him a little bit when I talk about players who when they get a chance to kind of unroll their legs a little bit and kind of get a yes. bit of ground. Like I'd like to see him, but they played a very tight kind of compact game at the back, Charlton. They did. I guess, they knowing did. that they're an Atkins team, they're probably very well organized and probably want to put as many men behind the ball as possible in those situations. So, I, yeah, I thought he looked decent. I, so I was, I was really happy for Brown um yep we may need to kind of wait a bit longer to see some of the better stuff from wing but it's early days yeah Adoniran was great really liked him in the middle of the park yeah you know i liked like the elements that you said about jack hunt you know that positivity from from a fullback is is really fantastic to see
1: and it gives us bags of recovery pace on that Mm -hmm. at least on that side of the pitch
0: what do we think Um, about um peacock farrell Kind of looking back, going way back on the pitch to to his to the goal to the goalkeeper position.
1: Well, he cut it. I mean, it was a pretty easy debut for him.
0: True, true, but that he makes me a bit more assured. Than yeah. was even if it was probably it would have been the same level of casualness to Wildsmith, to Dawson, to whoever else.
1: Yes, and sometimes you know, I mean. It, in a way, good goalkeeping is um oh dear. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good analogy here and I'm really failing. So I'm gonna go for a really crap one, but you know, we're talking about rock and roll. But in a way like a rhythm section kind of drives a band but does not doesn't have to be showy. Mm. Um sometimes the good the best things a goalkeeper does uh, like a great save is a great save, but some sometimes if you're doing your job really well as a goalkeeper, it never gets to the point of being a good save. And I, I f- did feel like potentially we were seeing a bit of that quiet hand of organising. I heard him, he, despite the fact there was a crowd, I heard him shouting and giving instructions a few times. I heard him calling for the ball um, when uh, there was a moment, again, with Stockley and I offer and I heard him shouting Baileys. Like, Um, it wasn't just his order at the bar, it's his name. Uh, (laughs) But I I, I think that's maybe the way you see, uh, I think the the reference I make all the time here, and I apologise for it being really boring, but Stephen Bywater was terrible at being a goalkeeper by the time he got to us, like the saving shots and being a moving human being. But he was really really good at the shouting and organizing and telling people off and claiming mm-hmm. a bit of it and it meant he never had to very rarely to face a shot so the fact he was he wasn't the best goal you know the best at shot stopper didn't matter because he didn't ever have to stop the shot and he played for years after us so he played till he was nearly 40 years old um so i i think maybe we've got a bit more of that you know and it, He couldn't be at a better club to, you know, Burnley have got a fantastic group of goalkeepers and they have for the last, like, 10 years produced tremendous goalkeepers. Um, So I think he's probably had some very good training. He's had some very good people to look up to. And yeah, hopefully. There was a couple of weird moments. I've got to say that. I don't want to kind of sugarcoat things. There was was the weird one that kind of, like, rolled through and hit his left leg. But again, like he made sure he kicked it hard enough, it left the box. It wasn't just to kind of like flick out of the foot that put us in trouble. So, yeah, I, I, quietly pleased, but very hard to judge on on this performance, really. Mm-hmm. But that's two clean sheets for him so far. Yeah. Which is a good sign. Um, so I, I suppose now just sort of maybe man of the match is, is all that's left to pick.
0: I think it's got to be eran. I want to say.
1: Adoniran's a good call. I think mm-hmm. I, I thought H- Hutch and I, I thought we did, we really did deal with apart aside from the murder and the immediate aftermath. Uh, we really dealt with Stockley pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that norm, you know, that, a lot of the praise for that's got to go to author and, and Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's give it, let's give it to Adoniran. Good positive, uh, front foot play from him I'm excited to, to, to see him sort of grow and just looks it means that we don't sign that sort of player I'm really really pleased we've got him mm. <laughs> he's just there's there's an ebullience about his play that I really like to, I like having in our midfield um, so yeah very pleasing uh, and hopefully something to build on um, and who knows with Patterson if it's a concussion or, or worse hopefully not worse but that does mean he's probably going to miss a, a week or two of football so it gives an opportunity for somebody else to to stake their claim and i don't know that canbury did enough to make it his own so i think gregory's going to get a foot in the door and let's see how let's see how that goes
0: that's exciting i'm excited to see gregory play for us
1: yeah Hmm. um yeah well i think that'll do really with uh We've, we've, for a, a pretty <laughs> uneventful game i think we managed to, to wring some some blood from the stone thankfully <laughs> um and it, it's good to not you know we've not lost you know that's the big thing coming away from this we've made a start to the season uh if we if we draw the away games and win the home games throughout the season, then you're on for a good a good year at the, at, the, at the better end of the table so here's hoping this is the sort of first building block in a a lovely big tower um yeah i'll say cheerio to to you luke and cheerio to the folks at home and look after yourselves
0: thanks rich have a good one everybody Bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Gregory. We Gregory. We
1: Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> what it lacks in words, it makes up for in tunefulness.